Kevin lost 120 pounds during his college years and kept it off uh, for the last almost 10, 10 years or actually more than 10 years now. Um, and so I've always just had such extreme respect for somebody who not only teaches this and, and has his level of academic prowess, but somebody who knows how difficult this is, somebody who knows how easy it can be to kind of let yourself slide away from, from those norms and, and good health and then say, wait a second, this is not the life I want to live. And, you know, maybe just for a couple of minutes, Kevin, go through your story and tell people what, what caused that, that mindset change, what made you want to do this? And then what were the real steps that got you there? What, what was your tie into flexible dieting? Well, I wish I could say it was made out to be that simple. Um, it was a you know, four-year process of, of losing that, but within that period of time, it was nothing. It was a lot of yo-yoing, a lot of cliche attempts at dieting. And despite at that time, it was just it's mostly my undergrad years in Evansville. So it was 2006 to 2009, more or less, that I was mostly in a dieting phase or just dealing with the technicalities of dieting but um and during that time it was really just cliche but it was after i graduated and shortly into my graduate work when i moved back to near cincinnati that i started to incorporate the principles that i had found you know, vicariously through you uh when i was in evansville joe and making that making that switch, I suppose, with my nutrition principles. And it, it started to make me un realize that if, if I'm struggling this much with, at that time, five, six years of education, what's that say about the general public and population about what they understand, and what they're reading and understanding about nutrition? And it was quite humbling, but you know, to take a step back into why I wanted to do this or change my health to begin with was simple credibility and integrity. No one's going to trust me in healthcare if I can't be a role model to my patients. We see it, I at least I've seen it. I'm sure we all have to some degree of clinicians saying, don't smoke, it's bad for you. And yet they do it themselves. To me, that's as, as illogic as that is. I can't trust someone if they can't follow their own advice or don't, you know, just do what I say, but not what I do. And I don't like a hypocrite and as simple and foolish as it may seem, that was enough to say, stop being a hypocrite. Your patients deserve trust. And I need to ex exemplify that myself. And voila, that was, that was the catalyst back in 2006 to just simply change and yada, 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 here I am. But, uh, you know, that's a whole other the story is quite lengthy and it's still ongoing even to the, even today after 14 years. Um, but that was enough to get me started and it still serves as my main principle to, to simply be the best I can as a role model for the patients and now the clients that I coach because as we're seeing pop medicine become more poppy with education, with what people are suggesting to patients, all the more importance of what is best for the patient clients and it's a matter of true collaboration but still bringing a lot of science and education to the table because ultimately it's up to the patient or client to take that education themselves 
and be autonomous. And that was really the, a large portion of my doctorate was developing a clinical tool that we have, you know, hoping to integrate within the diet doc, but that was a large impetus for my education was to develop more clinical tools for patients, but for clinic, for clinicians to also use in practice so they can better direct and guide their patients themselves. You know, you said something there, Kevin, that, that really, I think, is something we need to back into as a foundation of motivation because you, you said you wished it was a better ideal than just not being a hypocrite in healthcare. You know, you, you decided I need to be leaner and healthier or I'm not going to have that credibility and trust with my patients. I, I think for most of us, there always has to be some kind of external goal. I am the biggest cheerleader for intrinsic motivation. I'm the person who said at some point through any goal attainment, we have to integrate our deepest wants and desires to just an internal principle. Because I see people, especially as a competitive physique sport coach, who always have to have that next show on the calendar or they can't get lean. As soon as they're done with one contest, they, they gain a bunch of weight and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to get another contest on the calendar so I can start losing weight. And they never embody just wanting to be a lean, healthy person for the sake of being lean and healthy. And I, I don't want to say that we're, we're not self-actualizing if we never get there. I think it's just human nature. It's in our DNA to need and want to be motivated and inspired at some level. Even, like, like all of you guys and, and, and gals, even, even if you are... Um, you know, in control, doing great. Uh, you, you know, your weight still fluctuates up and down five or 10 pounds. You eat some things you didn't necessarily want to eat over the weekend or, or on, a, on a holiday. And sometimes you get a little far and, and then you realize, wait a second, this is actually hard. Why can't I lose this weight again? Why, why do I keep doing these things that I know are counter to my goals? And there's just a lot of physiology involved as well as psychology. There, you know, the, the hunger cues, the physiological, physiological drive to not starve to death. You know, these are all just hormonal neurotransmitter driven processes. And it's just never easy, no matter how much you know, as Kevin is saying, there's just, it doesn't matter what your education level is or, or how much you know about this, how many things you've attained in the past, it's never gonna be perfectly simple or easy. So I, I, think, I think it's incumbent upon us to learn to use some of those tools appropriately. So for example, in my particular journey, once, once I uh, retired as a pro bodybuilder, I realized that for the last 20 years, I have always been intentionally gaining or losing weight, you know, off season, pre-contest, off season, pre-contest. Now, all of a sudden in my late thirties, I'm, I just have to decide how I'm going to eat. Like for the first time in my adult life, I have to have a reason and I don't have one necessarily, other than just, you know, controlling my body fat, other than just wanting to look a certain way. So very much like you, Kevin, I just decided, okay, how do I want to look? How do I want to feel? Um, I, I certainly, you know, don't want to die of heart disease when I'm 50, but you know, what, what, what are some of these other ancillary motivators in there? And, and in the back of all of our minds, it, it's always going to come down partly to aesthetics. I, I, 
I, I, I think I wish that wasn't true, but I'm not sure because maybe that is a great motivator to keep us healthy. If we didn't care about something like that externally, then we may never push ourselves as much to be as lean and healthy. We may not enjoy a longer, healthier life. 